Ladies and gentlemen, hello. This is a special sort of segment of the Yard Tenders with Mac and Dan. I am Dan. He is Mac. Hey. And so for this, we want to do something a little bit different. Right here, we have a very, very special guest with us. Her name is Molly Searcy. And if you don't know Molly Searcy, you certainly will now. Uh, because she is a Kame in a Kame Got Kill. Uh, we met Molly in college, actually, at Southern Methodist University. Mac and I, we were doing our BFAs, our undergrad education, and Molly was there for the graduate acting program. And that is how we got to know Molly and actually worked together there as well. Yeah. And it's become really exciting to get to know Molly and also see her work and her growth Um she has also become a brand new member of the acting company at Dallas Theater Center, which is really exciting. You can find out about their future shows at DallasTheaterCenter.org, and she also still works with Funimation and Sentai Fil- Filmworks with doing other anime shows. So, Molly, thank you. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for joining oh, us. What an introduction. Thank you for having me. Yes, I hope I can live up to that. That was some hype. Thank you. I, I, I try I try to put you up on a pedestal. So the only thing you can do now, <laughs> Molly, is to fall down. It's fall. <laughs> Thanks for setting me up for success. I appreciate it. It's nice to be here. Oh, absolutely. We're so happy <laughs> that you could be here. And we're definitely grateful and gracious for the opportunity that you're giving us. And there, well. there, were, there were some people that are so excited about this because I as as the as everyone knows at this point i'm uh, a teacher right now and there were some people that i had to tell no when they gave me posters for you to sign that's not even a joke uh, literally we're like are you kidding me can you please get her to sign and i'm like i can't i'm not gonna do that i literally oh, I, really can't I, do that. i really mind I, they can send it my way and i'll do it <laughs> if you want they, oh, they would. If you, they would uh, but but it. it may be a thing that you don't want to go through the hassle of it, and then I can't blame you there. It's not as much <laughs> that. It's more. It's more like a, um, uh, a, a a personal distance, a personal life distance. Where I'm like, <laughs> let's keep school at school. Let's let's keep you over there. You know? Yeah, Molly. So Mac and I, we're we're gonna review, mm-hmm. uh, or rather, we're looking at uh, a comedy got kill, and so it was actually suggested to Mac by some of his students. Uh, without us knowing actually on the front end that you were a part of it. So that was a very funny and cool discovery Hilarious. to see just Googling the show and like, oh, this show is starting, starting uh, a friend of ours that we went to college with. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. So oh, yeah. Molly, we wanted to ask you uh, first and foremost, uh, how did you get to be a part of the show? And did you know the sort of uh, cult following that it had it from the get-go with its manga and uh, with its already uh, pre-released anime a year prior in Japan. Did you? Uh, was it exciting? Did you know what you were like signing up for? I guess in terms of this project. That's a great question. Uh, initially, no, I didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, I I had been working. Uh, I'm from Houston. I had been working as an actor in Houston for several years and uh i had been working with sentai for about probably about two years um as a voice actor and uh one of the directors kyle jones he asked me to come in and read for akame and she's uh a pretty deadpan straightforward kind of character um and this sort of 
niche of character is what has now become my sort of wheelhouse as a voice actor. But at the time, I was still sort of fighting, finding my footing. And um, yeah, and, and so we recorded the first episode. And then I went home and I was laying on my couch. It was like a Sunday night or something. And Kyle sent me a message on Twitter or Facebook Messenger or something. And he was like, hey, uh, just want to let you know that Akame is actually our show that's going to be uh, on the Cartoon Network Toonami block. And, uh, you know, so basically just get ready. And I was like, huh? And I like was, I, I, you know, I was excited and everything, but then I was also like crying because then I was like, oh God, you know, am I, uh, can I do this and everything? And I was like, thank you and all this. Um, And he was like, yeah, you know, it's just, just chill out, just calm down and, uh, and it'll be fun and it'll be fine. And we recorded it and it was so, so fun and so cathartic and so um, awesome. And it's really been the vehicle that has allowed me to, it, it opened a lot of doors, I would say, as a voice actor. Um, it's allowed me to uh, audition for other shows and it, it what helped me go to my first con. And um, th- that time of my life also is like a very special, precious time. I was personally healing from a lot of grief situation and um uh it it was it's like it's just like this very special sort of thing that I didn't know was going to be a special thing but ended up being like it's a, it's just very near and dear and um I love the show and everybody that's been a part of the show and it's only one season you know um there are a lot of there's a comic I kill zero a manga that is like the prequel kind of thing and everything that I've been told for the last six years has been no we're not doing a season two no we're not doing it and the fans would like it we would like it but um they just you know but but at the same time it's like you know with all these reboots of tv shows like favorite tv shows and stuff it's like uh sometimes you just gotta leave it alone you know i didn't know it was gonna be so special but i'm very grateful that it has been absolutely yeah yeah yeah. and and so i i'm curious now so so because there was already a a, a, a recorded show it already looked yeah. a certain way um and there was also someone that had d- done it in japanese yeah. i'm curious did, did did you watch the whole show beforehand and what type of impact does it have on you as a voice actor hearing someone else's right. voice acting and like does that is is that then a matter of I mean, obviously, you can't do an impression, you know. Right. So, so what what does the what does the work look like at that point in d- both doing honor to the original performance and story, and then also making it something accessible for you? That's an awesome question. I don't think I've ever been asked that question. That's a, that's an awesome question. Oh, I'm glad. Well, hey, look, this is a different type of show. <laughs> We're trying, <laughs> man. We're yeah, trying. Yeah, this is much more processed show than it is. So I didn't. Uh, because of the way uh, technology was at the time, like the only way that you could watch it was on Crunchyroll, and I don't think that they had every episode available at the time. Um, so I was not able to watch the entire show before recording it. And very rarely do you, sometimes you get to do that kind of thing, but um, I know with this one, I, I wasn't able to. The very unique set of circumstances that surrounds uh, English dub voice acting is that you're matching flaps. Like someone else has already interpreted the role 
and it's written in Japanese and they record it in Japanese and the mouths are um, flapping the way that uh, the syllables would come out in Japanese. So there are very talented um, translators and script writers who try to make syllables and sentences match those flaps. And uh, your job is to interpret that and make that work and everything, but do it like in, <laughs> in an instant because you don't get the script ahead of time or anything like that. You, you walk into the booth and it's there in front of you and you know on it's a split oh, screen see, on one right. side of the screen you've got the script on the other side you have the animation and you're reading and recording at the same time and sentai and funimation record in two different ways um at funimation you get three beeps that's like your red light yellow light green light it's sort of like ready ready go um at sentai it's more like wild you just like you just record when you see the moment come up right a lot of times when you're recording, you can hear the J or the Japanese um, over your headset in the background. Um, so you can kind of get a sense of what the tone is that the person who recorded it in Japanese was living in. Um, so you can kind of get a sense of that. But if you try to match that exactly or mimic that, it may not... You're doing a disservice to yourself as the actor and, yeah. and your own capabilities and what you can bring to the character. Yeah, exactly, Danny. Yes. And then also you have a different world of sounds in your mouth that tonally uh, it may not sound, you know, it goes back to our work with our dear Ann Schilling, you know, yeah, I do mean, it. it's, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like you just have, it's, it may be a different vibe or world, but you can sort of get the feeling of what worked in the, in the Japanese. Um, also though, you have a different uh, cast around you of English uh, dub actors who are bringing their own, symphony of sounds to it and um your job is to live in the same world that they live in but i think the most important thing that i've learned as an actor no matter what the medium voice acting or acting on stage and i certainly felt this when <laughs> when we were doing dear old cherry orchard um oh, is yeah, that right. uh, classic <laughs> <laughs> when you um when you have characters and shows and things that people know really well and especially are iconic or they have a fan following already, people are going to have expectations that you could do the best job in the world. You could do the most, what is the MPAA rating on this podcast? Go, just go, okay. do it. So you could do the most, you know, shit job on the, on the yeah. show mm -hmm. and people are going to be critical of it. Um, this experience in particular I, of recording a Kame, I, I, I got my first real taste of like super like supportive, positive, and then also just like super hate of like, you know, and, and that, but that's when you know you made it. It's like, oh, people yeah. hate me, great, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> people care so enough to complain. That's so exciting. Yes, right. and um you know just think that you're garbage trash, and then there are people that are like, oh, it's so this and um all of the directors and and everybody who thank god they exist like all the people that are there to help you get through you know your professors your directors the 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 people in charge so to speak um mm -hmm. they all have done this you know and they understand like if you go in with the expectation that you're going to please everyone and do it right um then it's not going to be right it's going to be fake and stiff and all those things. And so I had that concern. I, I did have that concern when I learned that there was this whole world uh, 
that was devoted to Akame and tons of manga and tons of uh, fan following, um, I was like, oh God, what if, what if they hate it or whatever? And Kyle, the director, he was just like, you can't think that way. You've got to, you got to put it, you got to put it aside. Um, just like, you know, yeah. Michael Connolly used to say, you know, it's like, you, you can't, if you're tripping over that stuff, you're going to do a terrible job. Um, and everybody's, and the truth, the real truth is like your interpretation of it is the right thing, is the honest thing, because everybody's going to have a different interpretation of a character. So it's a weird balancing act. You know, you try to get the vibe of the character. You see what worked, what people resonated with. You know, you definitely don't want to insult people, insult fans or something like that. But, you know, but you were an actor who was hired to interpret a text. So it's that balancing thing. Yes, what what a... What an interesting and complex answer. Oh my gosh, that was so fun. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. So, the, really, um, the progression of Akame, right? She is so, someone that is uh, pr- pretty, like you said, not monotone, but, but, but it is, it's very straightforward um, for uh, a good portion of the show and then really opens up. And it's super interesting to see Particularly in the latter half yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever Tatsumi talks about like her always keeping composure and everything. And yep. then also, you know, later on, whenever people start go- going left and right. <laughs> um, re- really interesting to see to see, to, to, to see that there was not a limit necessarily. It was more like a pressure cooker. Um, and th- and that, was, that was really awesome to see. So was it nice? I, I, I guess my, my question starts with this. Were you in the booth with the other voice actors did you have them in your ears at all or did, did you know anything about them after you'd record a couple episodes that made you feel a little more like oh this is what the world feels like and this is the permission that i can grant myself once i do get to those tricky scenes with the iconic akame moment <laughs> like you promised uh that's a great question um and it depends on the show the art of voice acting is, uh, it's so unique and I have such respect and admiration for people who are just sensational at it. And there are some really insanely gifted people who just, you know, they just know, they know what the work needs. So much of, of how this work happens is, is based on scheduling, you know, because no, you're, you, you do record by yourself mm-hmm. and, oh, here comes my baby. Who is this baby oh, that you speak of? It's my kitty. It's Lucy. Oh, hello, oh. Lucy. For, for those who can't see, which is nobody because it's just us three over the Zoom, uh, there is a beautiful cat, Lucy, that Molly <laughs> is showing us who is just absolutely adorable. Oh, oh, thank you. She is, um, let's see. She's like nine months old. She's a good kitty. She's my pandemic baby. Nice. Um, <laughs> oh. um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, sometimes you're the first person to record at all on a show. Um, which means that when you're recording, you won't hear anybody else. Um, any other dub actors who have recorded cause they haven't done it yet. So, you may just hear Japanese um, or you may hear nothing. A lot of times they'll give you the Japanese um, so you can hear the cues and things. Uh, usually it's sort of piecemeal. Sometimes your scene, one of your scene partners will have already recorded some of their stuff. Uh, uh, and so you'll get to hear that. Um, 
but it just depends on people's schedules and if people are coming in from out of town. And um, certainly now with the pandemic, it's changed everything because everybody's recording from home and you just never know. With Akame, I know that there were some characters that I did get to listen to when I was recording. I know that Corey Hartzog, who plays Tatsumi, he recorded uh, some of his stuff. And so I got to listen to that when I was recording, but then other people I didn't. I was always delighted when I would hear somebody that I didn't, I wasn't expecting or something like David Wald, um, who is just incredible and, and very dear and everything. Um, when you do have those other voices, it definitely, like you said, Mac, I mean, it sort of um, fills in all of the colors of your world and um, you really get a sense of the dynamics between characters but when it's not there you know you just you just take your cues off of the animation and you try to do as much research as you can um reading up on the show um and the sense of each character something that is useful is getting to know the different archetypes that exist in anime um and sort of those each kind of character what energy they bring and then if you can kind of fit mm -hmm the characters in your show into those archetypes, you sort of, you can kind of anticipate what somebody's vocal style may be, and then you can sort of prep your own. But right. I will say also what you spoke about, about the emo emotional journey of Akame is extreme. And it was sometimes a surprise and a good surprise. And uh, people have often they often, you know, will remark that it's like the Game of Thrones of anime. And um, even as an artist in the show, I definitely, I there were times that I was taken aback and surprised. And like, I had like the <gasps> moments or like the no <laughs> moments. And um, yeah. Do you ever find it really tricky that, so from, from my understanding is that you're kind of, you are figuring out and understanding the character sort of as the show is being made. So do you ever find it tricky uh, in moments in particular where you're like, oh, I wish that I knew about this, you know, about my character when I first recorded. That could have informed a lot. Like, how do you find the ability to work within that container and embrace that container, but also sort of try to figure out as much as you can in the moment? Or also, I'm sure it's it's super weird to like if if you have already made decisions about your character, and then a couple episodes in, they they do something with it, and you're like, oh, that goes against everything that I had already decided. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, th that is a real thing and does happen sometimes. I will say the directors they know the show super super well, and they know exactly what they're looking for. I mean, most of the time, it's very rare that I meet a director that's like, I don't really know. Um, and, and sometimes it happens that they, they might be like, you know, just see what comes up. But most of the time they know exactly what they're looking for and they can like give you suggestions and tune it up and tune it down. And they know what's going to come and they know what's going to happen um, because they've seen all the ups and they, they know the storyline really well and everything. And um, they can guide you making choices and things like that so that you don't end up getting into a corner and then like not being yeah, able to right. back out of it. In terms of the interpretation, yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes, though, things come up. I mean, um, lots of times there will be pauses in recording or, or let's say um, like you record season one of something and then season two comes along and that's like four months down the line and you've recorded like eight other animes since then and you don't really remember what you sound like, mm -hmm. the 
uh, engineers um, will have a clip of you that they can play back for you and you can be like, what, what did I sound like in this one? What was I doing with this one? And then they can play it back for you when you're in the booth and then you can kind of get that refresher of like, oh yes, oh yes, um, I remember what I was doing. Because more than likely your stuff will not have been released yet and so you can't release it online or anything. It kind of depends on what it is, but um, they'll have those refreshers. Then for shows that are sort of like epic, you know, or like the studio is like, we're investing a lot in this, mm -hmm. then um, usually you'll have a little bit more time you'll be recording over the course of several weeks. And so you can get really familiar with the material through doing research online and things like that. And so you kind of know where things are going. But most of the time, the interpretation stuff, since the medium is so different um, from theater or film where you get a script ahead of time and you know exactly what you're dealing mm -hmm. with, the directors are really great at guiding you. How, what sort of things have you learned uh, not just from this show, but other voiceover jobs in general, that have you been able to transition some of the stuff that you've learned to maybe film work or into theater work? Has there been anything in particular that you've really taken away from the from, from the things that you have worked on? Because you mainly started with uh, uh, voice acting, right? Or was it or was it theater? Um, as an actor, I started in theater. Uh -huh. Um. I started as a dancer and right. then I, I, I always like did theater, but just like in school and, and stuff, it yeah. wasn't like, you know, whatever. Who, who hasn't? And, right. <laughs> and, and weren't, weren't you and, a ballet dancer specifically? Yeah. That's so and sick. Then, okay. Yeah. Uh, no. That's really, really. freaking cool. I, yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, it, it feels like a hundred years ago, but I, I guess like my heart and soul is sort of, uh, still lives in that world, yeah. but, oh. um, yeah, but then I got more into theater, and then in college, that was my major was theater and dance, and then, um, and then yeah, I was working as a theater actor um, when I got into voice acting, and I had had different people in my life say to me throughout the years, like, oh, you have a really interesting voice, I think you should do voiceover work, and I didn't know anything about it, I didn't know how to get into it or anything like that. Um, and I kind of fell into it. A friend of, I was recommended by someone and then I did some auditions and then, um, they needed an unknown for a, a lead role, which is, doesn't often happen. It just was the way the cookie crumbled. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was just a progression from there. What I have learned, cause it kind of goes both ways. Like right. what I've learned as a theater actor that I can take into voice acting. And then what I learned as a voice actor that I can take into theater as a voice actor, I think, you know, being as prepared as possible in a very short turnaround. Um, so just being ready to go um, is always going to be your friend and, and being ready to um, take notes on the fly and just be, go with it, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, so that sort of flexibility. And then it kind of helps you exercise that um, not improv because you have still a script that you're going with but you don't all you don't have like weeks of preparation and like mm -hmm. you know what's this like in my body you just have to you just have to have that sort of flexibility and whatever impulses come from the moment yeah. you're like okay good let me take this let me implement this right here right now yes and also that uh kind of vulnerability mm -hmm. because um, sure so when the microphone's right here you know i mean you don't have to 
push and you don't have to do any of those things yeah. and the studio in in houston especially um i've been working with sentai for eight years now mm -hmm. and um i was still very green when i started with them and uh, they... congratulations <laughs> that's awesome oh, thank you yeah <laughs> thanks they're they're great people and um and we're it's a it's a very like familial kind of thing now and um you see each other through births and deaths and weddings and pandemics and all these <laughs> sorts of things and they do they become like family to you and when you haven't seen them in a while it's so awesome but then you have to also record things sometimes that might be a little bit embarrassing like i've had to on more than one occasion many occasions for different shows not for a kame but for different shows um make uh very sensual uh sounds if you will and right. um, uh, reactions to things, if you will. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the service of the work. Yes. Oh, <laughs> and the directors, you know, and the sound engineers that are in the room with me are people that are like my family, you know, and it feels yeah. like sure. this is my, you know, best friend. This is my dad. This is my brother, that sort of feeling. And you have to do it, you know, and you have to be a professional. And so being able to do that learning that and getting comfortable with that and just being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, because you cannot hide. They're all listening to you, you know, and they can all see you. Sure. And they can all, they're all listening to you. So you just have to go with it. And then in theater, what I bring to voice acting, especially since grad school is the embodiment. I used to be very mm -hmm. afraid before grad school of, getting too physical in the booth i thought for some reason i thought that that was wrong or something i thought oh it should just be this yeah um but through because the impression is that like okay you know everything below my neck is unnecessary because nobody is going to get that right right and like oh if you have to do that extra effort like are you really doing it and it's like it's actually the actual opposite it's it's the whole <sighs> yeah. body experience and are amazing not to make this an smu episode but like Anne Schilling is like, she's the, the queen. Yeah, who is our voice teacher? Yeah, yeah, the absolute queen person. And basically, her message is um, acting and voice acting. Every form of acting is a full body experience, and I have taken that mm -hmm. to voice acting, especially since uh, grad school. And and I also have a sort of renewed focus, um, and an efficiency that I right. didn't have sure. before. That's so funny because as I was watching, I kept thinking to myself like, because because how how I remember you and how I've always known you obviously, is one of like the most physically in touch actors, right? Oh, and really? That was, yeah, for sure. Yes, that's, that's a very like specifically Molly Sarsen thing. I concur. I remember. Um, wow. And ha ha having having worked with you, I remember that always being like the 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 kick like the, that always being the next gear for you is you like do the work and then the next like then like the push it into high gear is always the like whenever all of a sudden you click into the physical space and so that's Thanks. funny that you're saying that because as i was listening there were some times where i was like oh there's molly and there were other times where i was like is that molly 
that doesn't sound like Molly to me. Yeah, that kind of sounds like Molly. I'm not sure if that's Molly. And then there were there's like 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 after a while there's like one line where I'm like, oh, there she is. That's Molly. <laughs> and I and I think it's exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. think it's exactly what you're talking about the the the, the physical element, um, and the physically being in touch, which is which is wild, yeah. which is wild to think about. That because that it's funny because you don't think you would hear it, sure. But then once you get physically in touch like with your work and really using your corpus and what you can do. And Ooh. then you listen back to yourself and you're like, oh, so everything is changed and you feel it in your breath work and yeah. you feel it and just naturally when you're doing the work and it feels like a whole plethora of options is opened up that voice acting, uh, forgive me if I'm like speaking out of turn or putting no. words in your mouth, but it's so much more than just your voice, but it's, it's still so much, you know, using yeah. your body and, and translating everything that you do physically have into work, even though the only thing that's really being translated is the audio form. I'm sorry, I can't get over it. Is corpus your word, or did you steal that word? <laughs> I mean, corpus is a word. Yeah, I know, but it was it was like really well used, and so I feel like it was something that you took. <laughs> it's a fun word that needs to be utilized more it was, often. It was corpus callosum. Super eloquent. And also on that note, you've you've been hitting us hard with the with the lingo. Have with I? The voice actor lingo. <laughs> oh what no, she's so good. She's over no. here like, oh, uh, we, we, they're, they're sending you the J. I'm sorry, Japanese. Oh, I don't mean to. Be a twat no, about it. Molly, I'm Molly, just like, Molly, you're a snob and we're insulted. Okay, thank you well, very I've much. done my job then. Um, <laughs> no, uh, first of all, I want to say thank you. That is like, that's Mac, that's a huge compliment. I, I take it as a huge compliment of, of being a, a physical actor because that is not, that was my, uh, what's the word hurdle. for a thing that is a hurdle, but it's like your thing. It's your thing that you have to overcome. It's like your sure. thing. Arch nemesis. Yeah. It's your thing in school where <laughs> right. they're always like, you're doing that thing or you're not oh, doing that yeah. thing. Oh, God, yeah. Um, well, yo, yeah. Oh, we have those things yeah, we for didn't, sure. We didn't, all of us didn't graduate too long ago, so we're yeah. all... We're all still feeling those things. Yes. Yeah, first year, sure. Blake, our, one of the acting professors, we, first year, you know, is all about eviscerating you and castrating you and stuff. And so, um, <laughs> right. and so, so we had to get up and do these monologues and things and, uh, you know, and then your colleagues give you feedback and then your professor gives you feedback and you're supposed to be, you know, savage and like, can you handle it? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> and like, uh, I, we all went, I got my feedback, whatever. And I was like sweating and I was like like terrified and then Blake was like that was really great for half an actress and I was like that's Whoa. what I did my mouth my jaw dropped Whoa. open and I was like what is that supposed to mean he was like you know you were completely dead below your chest basically like I was just like stiff um and that was that's always been my thing is like planting and like sort of this rigid back sort of thing like a weird ballet mentality thing and um you know, it was always like, get it in your body, get it in your body, get it in your body. And then I find, then I finally got it. Like, again, going back to Anne, it's like so much of it is like in your back. And if you can like round out this part of your back and like, yeah, you know, yeah. your breath and all that shit. And it's funny because in the booth, when I am struggling, when I cannot make it click, when I cannot get it, I, t I, I stop and I ask myself, what is my back doing? And usually if it's locked like this. Like this as in like vertically? Yeah, if I'm like 
like I can't really show you, but like if I'm stiff, if I'm sitting upright like this and my okay, like, kind of sure. lats are tight and everything's tight, usually I'm not, I'm struggling. And then if yeah. I take a second and I round out and I actually like release my lower third, release my stomach and all that kind of stuff and release into my back and sort of just breathe and let all the tension go, then it comes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And voice acting is a very physical thing. And I wish that I could go back and re-record lots of things. Like I wish I could, you know, go back and re-record all the things that I mm -hmm. did before I knew better. So well, that I can natural. like do that's it better. Yeah. Or whatever. I, yeah. I yeah. can't think of a single person that doesn't happen to, to be honest. Yeah. And but that that aside, whatever sentiment you may have, still excellent, excellent job with a comic with a comic to kill. Oh, thank um, you. Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we we both talked about it and uh, agree that you're probably. Well, uh, we never said this completely. Well, I I you're my you're my favorite uh, uh, performance of the show. Personally. Oh well, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, and you according to, to um according to what is it like voiceactors. Oh, behind the voice actors. Behind yeah. the voice actors. <laughs> com, yeah, they voted you the their favorite. BTVA, so congrats. thank you. <laughs> Listen, the people have spoken. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> Watch out. Thank you. So, Molly, we are going to start to let you go. But before you go, uh, really fast, what is what is the one big thing? And I know that's very difficult to articulate. But what is one of the bigger things, let's say, um, that you would want to say maybe to your past self and maybe to other actors who are getting studied? And, and not just actors, but other artists particularly during this time. What is one thing that you learned that you hold deep to your heart that you would like others to take away with a day-to-day a, a -day thing that, that you, that you feel and you resonate with. Yeah. So it's hard to say for everybody because I'm, as I'm, you know, we're all learning every day and I'm definitely learning more. The, what's that thing? It's like the older you get, the more you realize you don't know anything. Like you, you realize you feel <laughs> yeah, like you're, right. you really don't know shit. I'm learning that everybody has their own journey and, and the thing that they're working on. Um, what I would tell myself and what is con continues to be my lesson as an actor and in life, and those two things, your work as an actor and your work as a person are usually, there's a lot of gray, there's a lot of overlap, and usually the stuff that you're struggling with in scene work or in your professional life, there's usually... Uh, a through line into your personal life. Um, mm -hmm. Mine is to trust myself more. I have always second guessed myself and second guessed my work and overthought my work because I've always had a sense that something was missing. And as as a person and as an artist, like I was missing something. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't where I wanted it to be. And if I could go back and tell myself something, it would be to just trust myself more and uh to not be so hard on myself i don't know everybody's journey but i think a lot of people and a lot of artists are very hard on themselves and i think that's what keeps us from starting a lot of things mm. um is because we want to we want it to be good we want it to be perfect we want it to be right and so we look at other people who are doing it good quote unquote good and right and perfect and we think we could never get there. So what's the point in trying? It's this like self-defeating perfectionist sort of syndrome. 
but mm-hmm. everybody has a day one. And if you fuck up, if you, you know, it, it's, it's all good. It's all good and worthy. And like I was saying just a minute ago, like I sometimes I'm like, Oh, I wish I could go back and re-record those things. But at the same time, no, I don't because I don't think mm-hmm. I could, it wouldn't be the same, you know, and I think now, especially having grace and patience for yourself and the process and the time that it takes is so important. I had someone reach out to me today and ask, he's, he's a aspiring voice actor and he's at, he was asking, mm. you know, I'm trying to get auditions and I'm trying to get at work and it's so hard and I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I'm, I'm really, I'm pushing myself and sending myself out on every, I'm go I'm auditioning for everything. And I told him everybody is in that same boat. I mean, established voice actors are struggling a lot right now because the work has just slowed because of the pandemic. Theater work has slowed, film work has slowed, everything has slowed. And I think it's amazing that there are people like you guys that are making stuff right now. You're making this podcast and you're making shit. I mean, that is so awesome. And you're giving outlets and opportunities to other people. And for other artists, if you feel that, if you feel like you've got that zhuzh in a day and you can go make something, fucking do it. If you don't, it's okay too. Um, Mm -hmm. because we're in a marathon, (laughs) we're in a marathon and loving yourself and your support system and taking care of yourself is always going to be number one. So there's a lot that I just said. It's not really one thing, but I think more than anything, it's like self-care sort of stuff. What a, oh, no, 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 that was refreshing. That felt very, I needed that personally. I'm about to cry in the club. (laughs) (laughs) You are, you're tearing up, you little bitch. A little bit. Call me a little bitch. No, no, yeah, good for you, good for you. But enough is enough. (laughs) I think we need to ask now the final and most important question. Uh, Molly, um, which of the Houston sports teams is going to turn it around first? Is it the Astros? Is it the Texans? Is it the Rockets? Which one is it going to be? Who's who's the least embarrassing to be a fan of? You know, I was all on board with this until <laughs> that last question, Mac. It was, um, a, it was a good one, and then... Listen, I am a, a, a born and bred proud Houstonian, and I will always stand by my teams. However, you know, the Astros are the nearest and dearest to my heart. Ooh. I will say this until the day I die. I mean, yes, there was a cheating scandal, <laughs> Um, there was some shady shit happening for sure. Did everyone participate? No. Mm. Were many other teams participating? Absolutely. Do most of the organizations hate Houston teams? Yes, they do. (laughs) And I will go to my grave saying that we have a target on our back (laughs) and people hate Houston. And, you know, just ask Tony. He's always hating on Houston. He is. And... And I'm like, you've never even been there. You don't know. Um, I love Houston. I love my Astros. And I believe in them. And, you know, there are a couple of people uh, in the organization who made some bad choices. And, you know, that's that's fine. But we're going to make a comeback. I believe in the Rockets as well. I mean, we've mm. got some changes coming. Yeah. It's kind of sad. We love James Harden, but it's okay. It's a new era. Um, the Texans... I'm rooting for y'all, you know. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, oh, no. I, I I believe in them. I support them. Um, but yeah, the Astros are definitely my team, and I love to watch them. And I um, 
I don't know. I will say 2017 was a very, very hard year and we went through Hurricane Harvey and uh, the championship win did so much for our city and Mm. the people of Houston are the most resilient people I've ever met because we've gone through many, many um, natural disasters. Where we are at, we get a lot of hurricanes, tornadoes, we get everything and we just rebuild and we just keep going. And our sister city, New Orleans, we get a lot of help from them and we've helped them too with Katrina. And, you know, it's not like an isolated thing. Everybody pitches in and helps everybody. And uh, so I I support New Orleans teams as well. You know, I hope that uh, we can have some really good games, you know, maybe between the Texans and the Saints or something like that. That would be great. But yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, I feel like 2021 is gonna be what's gonna be a good hell? year. Way to spin that question. I know. That was how am masterful. I supposed to? How am I supposed to come back at Houston like that? Yeah, you can't that be was a hater. Excellent. She really was like, I dare you. Yeah. I, come at again. me, Hurricane Harvey. I dare you to make fun of us now. Wow, that was awesome. You're right. That was Damn. awesome. Well, that was lovely. Listen, I'll I will also say this. So our our Houston. Um, heroes you know like jose altuve and jj watt and stuff they're super sure. involved in the community and they're super yeah, involved they are, yeah. at heb yeah. and stuff like that JJ like you could see, so you can go down to heb and like you might see them shopping for groceries or something and they're really good people they help the community so much yeah. so i mean no matter how you feel about the organization or your loyalty or whatever there are a lot of good people who who sure. help the community so anybody that does that i'm like i'm for it you know <laughs> hell of a spin I that know. That was awesome. That really, really was. Um, once again, uh, Molly is a new member of the acting company at Dallas Theater Center. You can stay tuned to more of their stuff on DallasTheaterCenter.org. She's going to keep working with Funimation and Sentai Filmworks and look forward to some of that stuff. Uh, Molly, once again, thank you so much. Where can the people find you and follow your work? <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Well, thank you. Plug those socials. Um, so... Yeah, so uh, we've got some stuff coming up with DTC, Dallas Theater Center. We've got Something Grim, which is a, a sort of immersive experience and War of the Worlds. And then we're going to be doing a world premiere of a show called Cake Ladies by Jonathan Norton. That's I am so excited oh, nice. about Whoa. that's coming um, in the summer. Um, we've had to yeah. push some dates and things like that because we're living in a pandemic and, you know, we got to sure, roll sure, with sure. it. But um Anyways, but all that info can be found at DallasTheaterCenter.org. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. Uh, I'm just Molly Cersei is my handle. Um, I'm on Instagram at Molly Cersei Official. Um, <laughs> and then... Uh, Watch out. Got the little blue check. No, I don't have the blue check. It's just, <laughs> it's just to keep... Okay, no, no, no. Will. We're going to have to work towards that. <laughs> oh, oh, you, you mean like us get it before her? Like us. No, no, no. <laughs> we're, we're not that important. Jesus. We'll have to send in letters on her behalf. Exactly. That's yeah. what I'm trying to Ooh, say. Who yeah, should yeah. we write to? Oprah? She oh, makes people's I think that's dreams a good starting happen. Point. Yeah, it's true. That's true. <laughs> Oprah has some sway. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so on Twitter, on Instagram, but then also I have a website that is mollycerseyofficial.com. Um, it's awesome. official because uh, there is another Molly Cersei out there, y'all. And she lives in Oregon and she's a realtor mm-hmm. and she um, breeds Bernie's mountain dogs. Wow. And we are friends on Twitter and we've never <laughs> spoken, but she likes my stuff. And I'm like, wow, okay. 
but I have more of a claim to the name because it's her married name. This oh. is my this is my actual this is fake name. This is a, a fake great Molly. revelation. That's Thank hilarious. you for sharing. Yeah, seriously, that's hilarious. All right, Molly, once again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and oh. by the way, thank you. Oh, thank you! <laughs> this was so nice. I could oh, talk God. about anime all the time. Oh, well, we might have you back if 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 they tell us to um, to oh, watch no. another they, show of hers. The people, yeah, the people. They're gonna be like, hey, watch <laughs> another show, and we'll be like, oh, Molly's in that one too. Guess we have to have her back. Oh, golly. No, we'll see. Good golly. Yeah, we'll let you know. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> thank thank you. you so much, Molly.